on this week's show. Going well on and off the pitch, we hear from Dealtown boss Steve King after their ninth league win in the last ten. People in communities want something to latch onto, and we've got a loyal squad. People who turn up and watch know who's going to be playing for us. They've got an affiliation with the players. Through in the FA Trophy after an upset on penalties. High Town boss Steve Watt tells us all about it. There was just no space for him to play in. in to, we, had, we just had to smother their quality and I thought we did that perfectly. But disappointment for Tunbridge Angels as Jay Saunders' wait for a cup win goes on after that loss at Hythe. One defeat in nine in the league and, we, and we've lost on penalties today. Um, oh, I can't get too down about it. I just said to the boys, we can't sit here. I don't want to see anyone moping. We've, we've got to pick ourselves up. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. It's been another busy week and we've got three interviews for you to enjoy, all from different divisions and all worth a few minutes of your time. That's lovely stuff. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who absolutely 100% doesn't balls up the editing on last week's show. <clears throat> and on the line now is a man whose text I accidentally ignored on Monday. Matt Gerald, I'm really sorry. I honestly thought I'd reply to your message. How are you? Good, mate. Well, normally, because I've text you and say right let's go what, what's the plan for the week it's normally a wednesday from now on um so um what were we going to do so um not a problem mate um more important people than, than you have ignored my text so not too well, nothing to worry about i'd written a text and i thought i'd hit send and i obviously hadn't and and you know it was, it was very misleading when i went in on tuesday to your your follow-up uh message i was like what didn't you? Uh, oh, I didn't send that. Oh, oh dear. So, yeah, it wasn't my, uh, you know, I'm normally quite good at technology and stuff. No, no, but, um, we're normally pretty organised what we're doing, so it's good. It's one of those things, mate. Yeah, and I mean, after last week's... Your brain's frazzled. After last week's editing uh, mess up as well, uh, where <laughs> I hastily had to re-edit the podcast and send it back out. Again, right, well, I don't listen back to the shows. Um, what did you do wrong? So... Oh, this is really exciting. So where, where I line up the clips after um, to, to make sure that the interviews go in, um, I somehow pressed the wrong place for George Ellacobi and you and he was talking over us. Um, and then he got to where he was and there was just nothing. Um, so Did somebody uh, point that out to you? They did, yes. And uh, thank you to Nigel for that. Um, and yeah, I quickly, it was only about a three minute job to to right. do it. I just had to log back onto my old computer and sort that out but it's okay oh, all is well with the world so i managed to uh to, to get it there so uh yeah and it, how's life in the gerard household good mate yeah busy um work's busy life's busy um yeah nothing nothing right i'm middle of, well, middle of november now so i keep reminiscing because this time a year ago i was at the world cup and my mates keep sending me pictures so i'm thinking oh it was a year ago at the world cup um, a, what a good time that was, and B, where does the time go? So, you know, I thought that because I actually was looking through some old pictures myself and I saw a picture of you with a massive bloody sombrero on it. Yeah, somebody else sent me that today. Yeah, that, yeah. I met the Mexican bloke today, yeah, so, or a year ago today, so, yeah. I just don't I, know where um, the time goes. I wonder if the Mexican bloke still remembers fondly the time he met you. Yeah, that could be something Mexicano, uh, something libre book, isn't it, in Spanish? Probably yep. going, yes. Strange, funny, pale Englishman. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, time does fly, doesn't it? You did yeah. also say uh, Christmas is coming. Does that mean that the uh, the illuminations at Chateau Gerard no. will soon be up on the? Uh, right, that, uh, no, well, well, not for another couple of weeks. But there's a guy at work. Um, you can beat this out. I called him a knobhead because he said he was putting his Christmas decorations up. It's just, I mean, I, I get it. He has got a reputation for putting them up really early. And then when somebody came into the office and he's putting his decorations, that's a what a no bed. This isn't the same bloke who, who did all the Halloween decorations, is it? And no, it's a different bloke. No, I spoke to the guy who did the Halloween one and he said he doesn't, doesn't go big on Christmas. It's just Halloween. Does that mean he's, he's, he, does that mean that he's scary and doesn't like people? Yeah, yeah, it could well be, could well be. But, uh, but there is plenty, there is, you know, when we're wandering the streets with a dog, you do start seeing that people have their decorations up earlier and earlier. So eventually it's going to be the whole of November and December, probably the next within 10 years. I must say, I came out of, uh, out of work the other day and uh, London's tallest building all of a sudden had loads of fairy lights dangling off it. I was like, oh, OK, yeah. Um, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's far too early for that. As far as I'm concerned, the 1st of December, you can start thinking about it. Um, I think we're, we're talking about maybe getting the, the, the tree 
maybe the second weekend of December. So uh, well, you'll yeah, go, it'll be a bit tired. Uh, well, I was always a fan of a synthetic, but um, yeah. uh, I, I, I believe that the, uh, the the plan is for a real tree. So uh, there was one last year and it was lovely. Um, so hopefully it'll pain be the same. Pain in the arse getting rid of it, mate. That's why we stopped doing that. Uh, I, well, to, to be fair, um, we eventually got rid of last year's Christmas tree in about June. Um, but this year, I think we'll find somewhere that we'll take them early. And even if we have to bung a tenner to a charity, we'll bung a tenner to charity. I think that's the uh, local zoo. If there's a local zoo around you, they love it because they eat it or something. Uh, some animal does something to it. What the zookeepers eat it. Uh, well, or well, some animal sort of caresses it and loves it, I think. Something like that. Anyway, but that <laughs> Um, right, okay, so just for clarify, if anybody does know we're an animal that loves a Christmas tree to caress, do let us know. Uh, it's our 274th episode this week, and I have found an outstanding section about world records involving the number 274. So, in July 2019, 274 participants took part in a perfume appreciation relay race, world record. In April this year, Ronald Sarchain snapped 274 chopsticks using karate chops in a minute world record. At 12 months before that, Faiz Nazer achieved 274 hula hoop rotations in one minute on her arm. World record. And in September 2013, 274 uh, were gathered and painted their toenails simultaneously. A world record. The, the name of that person who organised uh, the world that, that world record for the nail painting uh, is available on the website where I found all of this. But there is absolutely no chance I'm going to try and say it as this Japanese name. Three words, 15 syllables, and a huge potential to offend. Uh, and let's they introduce a category of most episodes of a non-league football podcast about Kent, recorded at London Bridge train station. I can't ever see myself getting in the Guinness Book of Records, but the question is, Matt Gerrard, what world record do you think you could break? Most games mm. watching your, fo- your favourite football team without a win? Yeah, it could break. Oh, well, I've that, well, got a good question. What world record would you like to... Um... I'd like to be involved in one. You know, when they do these things that, you know, there's a thousand people and they, you know, cut a piece of paper or sing along to Come on Eileen or something. Yeah, Did you see there I was a thing on, on Twitter a few months ago and it was some sort of, uh, and the university in Ireland, they did like the longest sort of three-legged race sort of thing. They all joined up and did it all together and sort of hopped and it was like the world record. And one of the participants was Dar O'Brien and he was, and someone sent the video to him and he was like, I can confirm that one, that's me. And two, I've got no recollection of doing that. Interesting. But I presume you probably could, I don't know how you organise a world record. Could I say how many people in a square at Broadstairs playing keepy uppies? Could you do that? Possibly. You'd have to, you'd have to speak to, was it Norris McWhirter? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Record, but what a program that was! Record breaker, Roy Castle. Oh yeah, that was that was that was entertainment for a child, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you remember you bet as well? And that was like, oh thing, yes, I loved you bet. That was yeah, brilliant. I used to love you bet as well. Yeah, that, 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 that was just the afternoon evenings when somebody could uh, the car doors could open and he'd know what car door it was. I don't know how he did that. Though. Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, um, that, I, that, was, I, that was entertainment before Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, bring back you bet. I say. And, and tell you what, yeah. I've just I've actually just sent a message to someone else. Bring back Big Break. Now that was a programme as well. The 1990s TV had so much fun and and, and you see all these things down, they get resurrected. With and Jim just Davidson at his finest. Well, maybe it's, not his finest. His finest. Uh, yeah. but you know, uh, but yeah, bring back Big Break, that's what I say, and bring back you bet as well. Uh, and yeah, get them all back on the TV. Who Stephen Steve Mulhern, he presents everything else, so he might as well do that, mightn't he? Yeah, Steve, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. I, I, the, this, um, that program is back. The Noel Edmonds one. What's it called? Oh, Deal, Deal or No, no Deal. Deal. Have you watched yeah. any of that? I haven't. No, I, I think I, if I was on that, the uh, the old banker would be yawning down the phone at me. But uh, I remember no. when that program was on before we had kids and we were at work, we used to take that and we used to watch it from from work for about a month. We just Watched every single episode. Was like, it was very sad of us, but uh, yeah. No, it was massive. I remember in, in my work, everyone was watching it, and I was so gripped by it. And then yeah. it, it, it sort of jumped the shark, as they say, when it started becoming, oh, well, I'm feeling spiritual about it. No, you're opening a random box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, should we talk about some football? Probably, yes, yes. We better get on, mate. We have. Here, so. <laughs> well, there's plenty of them. Uh, let's get on with the show. And we're going to start in the Southern Counties East League. I uh, watched nine league wins out of 10 for Deal Town after they hit four 
against both Honesdale and Beersted this week, uh, with the latter win on Tuesday night, including a wonder goal from striker Aaron Milbank. Uh, the Toops temporarily moved up to fifth in the table with that win. Uh, they dropped back down to sixth this evening. And with games in hand on all of the teams above them, it's looking pretty good for them and their boss, Steve King, who I spoke to earlier on today. Obviously, a big win last night uh, at Beerstead, um, following up Saturday's win. We're going well. Form's good at the minute. Um, I think one nine of our last ten league games or eight of our last nine, something like that. Um, put us back in into promotion race, obviously still in the bars. Um, but yeah, things are ticking along nicely. It is nine in ten. I've just I've just double checked it, and I suppose you had a little bit of a tricky start to the season. I mean, when I saw you in the cup, you were short on players and injuries and everything like that. But the way that you've now you've got your players back, you're absolutely flying. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pleased on reflection that we kept calm during that period. Um, it was obviously a difficult start. We only got two points from our first four league games. Um, got knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, it, it was a, a tricky start after how we ended last season, but we just had so many players missing. Um, and I was always confident that once we got those players back, we would be fine. Uh, we didn't panic um, at that stage. And obviously, I think we won 13 of our last 15 in all competitions. And it just goes to show that we know that when we're fully fit, um, we're, we're a match for anybody. So, yeah, it's a difficult start. But look, every side will have a blip with injuries. It just For us, it just happened right at the start of the season, um, which is a very weird time for it to happen. But, yeah, look, we're delighted with the response. I'm delighted that everybody, the coaching staff, the players, we didn't panic when things weren't going right. We took our medicine, so to speak. And um, yeah, I think we've shown what we're capable of since then. Four goals in both your wins out this week, and and against Homestyle and, and, and Beerstead, not necessarily two of the, of the top teams, but all the time you're scoring goals, you're going to be a happy manager. Yeah, definitely. And we scored obviously four before that away at New Haven in the bars. We'd only lost once. I think we scored three away at Glebe. We were top of the league the week before that. Um, so I think we got 15 goals in our last four games. Um, so yeah, look, when you're scoring goals and you're a threat going forward, it it's always going to give you a great chance. Do you look at the league table? Because if you do, it's looking pretty good for you at the moment. No, uh, other people tell me, so I can't avoid it. Uh, but uh, I'm not a league table person because we have our internal targets. I work on a points per game basis. Um, I know what points per game will give you a good chance of winning the league. I know what points per game will give you a good chance of getting a home playoff. I know what points per game will probably get you in the playoffs. And that's all we focus on. Because if you start looking at games in hand, I was speaking to somebody about this the other day. If you've got two games in hand or three games in hand, but they're Faversham away, Erith Town away, Whitstable away, it's they're not really three games in hand, if that makes sense. If your three games in hand are against three teams in the bottom six at home, then that that's massive. Um, so I know that we're now over two points per game, which is important for us. Um, I know that we've played more games away from home than what we've played at home. We've played eight away and six at home. Um, so we know that we've got two to claw back at home, which is good for us. And I'll probably start looking at the table maybe with 10 games to go, um, because then that might affect tactical decisions late in the game where you actually think, okay, a point might not be the worst result today or actually we do need to go and win this one. But league tables are relevant. I think somebody said we went back into the playoffs last night while the boys said after the game. So nice, but yeah, it's, it's irrelevant to me. It, it's an interesting season so far because I think a lot of the uh, people at the start thought that Faversham were just going to run away with this, but, but they haven't. Uh, and uh, I suppose that means everybody's in it at the moment still. And that's a great thing for the competition, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's shaping up to be really competitive. Um, I think we were talking last night, probably eight clubs, I think, that would all be sat there right now, probably expecting to get in the playoffs, um, or expecting to go very close, and there's only going to be five of us that are going to make it. Um, I think, obviously, Fabersham, their last three games, having not won in three in the league, has probably given everybody a bit of a, a glimmer of hope. Um, but I still think with the strength of their squad, the, over the course of the season that they have to be the team to beat um, I've just seen the goal from Aaron Milbank last night it, maybe it was a bit strong to say move over David Beckham but a, a brilliant piece of technique from, from Aaron Milbank 
Yeah, but normally when people score from halfway line, they've sort of had a touch and stuff like that. It, it was a it was a brilliant half volley, um, and it was a really important time because Beardsley are a decent side, um, and at three two, the game was really on a knife edge. Um, so to get that two goal cushion back, um, it, it was really important time for us, and, and, and Aaron's been outstanding for us. Um, People sometimes say he doesn't get enough goals. That was his 11th of the season yesterday, only in November, and he, he works his absolute socks off every week. Um, so it was delighted, obviously, for him to see that going. It, it, we just talked about your scoring goals, but you have got some firepower and you've got experienced players up front as well, which which makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Yeah, look, I've, I've spent probably, since, since the day I walked into the football club in 2015, worked hard to try and get your Aaron Milbank, your Rory Smith, your Tom Chapmans, do you know what I mean? Good quality local footballers into the football club. And obviously it was difficult when we first went in. It was never going to be possible. Um, but I'm sort of thankful that one by one they've all taken a leap of faith. Fair play. So, so Tom Chapman's probably the first one to sort of like come across to us. And obviously Aaron then followed and then obviously Rory's followed as well. Um, and they're, they're, they're top quality players. Look, they, they, they would comfortably play in the league above and be very effective at that level. Obviously, Rory and Aaron were involved when Herm Bay got promoted a couple of years ago. They were sort of mainstays in that side. Tom was fantastic for 10 or 11 years at Ramsgate. Um, so they're, they're, they're top quality players in our level, but they're also great lads in the changing room and, and have got brilliant attitudes. So, do you know what I mean, when we can keep them fit, we struggled at the start of the season. No Rory Smith, no Tom Chapman. And Milbank was struggling with an injury even though he was playing. It's going to affect you. And that's why we struggled a little bit in those first couple of weeks. Uh, Russell at home on Saturday. They're a side that have definitely got the potential to, to cause an upset, aren't they? Yeah, they, they had a fantastic season last year. I know they've lost, obviously, a lot, little bit of firepower in terms of Louis Clark. Um, we've got a lot of goals from them. But look, they're, they're a very dangerous side. Um will need to be at our very best. Um, but we're confident. We've got a strong squad, a couple of boys we brought in. We've got most of our injuries back now. We're still, still missing a couple, but for November, we're in a pretty good shape. Our home support's been outstanding. We can have probably 400 people there cheering us on again. And um, we'll be going all out to, to try and get another three points. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned the fans there. It, it is amazing. I mean, when you, especially, you know, you see Dover's crowds are, are really struggling at the moment, but yours seems to be going up and up and up. And, and, and you know, you really have put deal on the map the last few years. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been an amazing uh, journey in, in that respect. And it, it makes a lot of the hard work worth it. When, when we turned up last Saturday, the game was only just on. Uh, we'd had so much rain. Uh, but we did everything we could to get it on. And you're thinking, oh, if we get 200, 250, that'll be a brilliant crowd. And I think it was 382. Do you know what I mean? Miserable Saturday, no away support. Um, and I just think people in communities want something to latch onto. And we've got a loyal squad. People who turn up and watch know who's going to be playing for us. They've got an affiliation with the players. Um, people are well looked after by, by the club at the ground. And... Um, it's really helping us. I think we must have had 50, 60 fans at Bearstead last night out of a crowd of 110. Um, we went to New Haven in the bars and we had brilliant away support. Um, and it, it, I know it's a cliche, but it, it makes a huge difference for you. Uh, when you've been, the boys been at work all day yesterday, rushing around to get to Bearstead for a 7.30. So it's easy to go through the motions, but when 50, 60 people are turning up and cheering you on, yeah, it, it gives you that extra 10% when, when you sometimes need it. So, yeah, the support's been brilliant. And it's, um, for us, in terms of progress as a football club, probably my most enjoyable marker, actually, because you can look at league positions. So, I mean, teams can throw in massive money for a year, get promoted, and then the club sort of stagnates or ends up dropping back down so they can't sustain it. But the lovely thing for us is the whole club's growing with the team. Um, and that that bodes well for the future. And then you've got the FA Vars uh, a week on Saturday at, at Lingfield. They've beaten Tunbridge Wells, a team from this league. So, you know, it's always going to be tough at this stage of the Vars, but I suppose you can go there confident because of the great form that you're in. Yeah, not just Tunbridge Wells. They went and won away at Whitstable as well. And Whitstable's home record's been outstanding. So um, they're going to be a real tough nut to crack. We learned a little bit about the Sussex League when we did our research into New Haven. Um, so we already know quite a lot about them, but I will be completely honest. 
that will be Sunday morning's job. Um, no thought will go on that until uh, after Russell's game on Saturday. We haven't got a midweek game next week, so we'll do our usual bars prep, train on Tuesday, go out as a group on Thursday. Um, and look, we love the bars, players love the bars, club loves the bars. We'll, we'll be seeing if we can still be in post Christmas again. Oh, well, it costs us a listener to have him on the show, Matt, but uh, it's always good value for a chat. And, and I thought that was one of his best with us, actually. Th- things going really well for Deal, aren't they? Yeah. As you said, they're a difficult start to the season uh, for them, but looking in a very healthy position. Um, uh, and again, I, what he said there, not necessarily there was, you know, off the on the field are doing well, off the field doing well. Probably for the first time ever, they had more than Dover at the weekend when the, the both sides were at home. Um, the real feel-good factor around the club. Uh, and Steve King, you know, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, the, the, the side he's put together, um, the players he's managed to achieve and what the club's achieving. And I didn't really like him. I don't know if you look at the league table. I haven't looked at the league table in a while, but very, very tight. And very, very exciting at the top of the table. And um, as he said, they've got games in hand. Uh, I don't know who those games in hand are, but he, he's taken them lightly and well, you know, he's not getting too carried away but if he wins all his games in hand I think they go top of the league don't they all they would go top of the league so interesting times for deal interesting times at the scaffold but yeah Steve King's a, a really good guy um does a lot of uh um work off the field for deal uh, and it's coming to fruition and maybe the last few years of being close this is going to be their year um I suppose if you'd offer them a, you know, semi-final of the Vars or the Scaffold, or what would they take, or the final of the Scaffold, uh, final of the Vars and all the, the Scaffold, it'd be interesting to see because uh, you know we know we know deals history in the in the Vars. Oh, that's a that is the million dollar question, isn't it? I guess. Well, I don't know. You take Wembley, don't you? Well, well yeah, well, uh, but clearly uh, the, the league. We all thought, well, probably a few weeks ago. It was all over, didn't we? Probably. But now it's looking very, very uh, tight up there. Deal the form side. Good win, good win in the previous round of the Vars. I know they've got to play the, the sides that have got an Indian sign over um, the Scaffold sides. But yeah, look, going in the right direction, then it's going to be a fascinating league, and as it always is in the Scaffold. So, yeah, exciting times. And for me, you know, being, you know, deal local to me, I'm absolutely delighted and definitely for, for Steve King because. I know how much hard work he puts in. Yeah, absolutely. They play Faversham in between Christmas and New Year as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's you know, the big games are coming thick and fast, but that, yeah, that yeah. looks like it's it's a good one. And, you know, it's it's amazing when you've seen the games that we've had lately. You know, Earth Town have, have, have been on a good run. They've played some top teams. And it just show that, you know, I think maybe towards the bottom of the league, the quality has is, is, is maybe tailed off a bit. But I think those top seven, eight, nine teams are all really strong. And, and as Steve says there, you know, someone's going to miss out. And those teams that do miss out in the playoffs come the end of the season, they're going to be very disappointed, aren't they? Yeah. We always, we, we, we had a list of teams, probably there's more teams involved in the playoff mix and the title mix than I probably thought. We knew that some of the sides that are up there that were going to be, but so not, you know, surprise packages like Snodland. We always said about Punjab as well. I think they're unbeaten in five or something, Punjab as well. Yeah. Only lost two games in 15. Um, they could be involved. So, yeah, really healthy division. As you say, probably maybe at the bottom it's it's a little bit weaker with some of the sides. But So those games are going to be even more important when eventually these teams start playing each other, which uh, makes the league even more exciting. Uh, have you seen the Millbank goal? I haven't, no. So, but I'll put it, if you put it on the Kent Notley podcast, I'll keep an eye. Um, it's, well, from what you described there, a half volley from the halfway line. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the tweet from Deal, and I'm not taking anything away from it, Aaron, it's a brilliant goal, um, but the, the tweet from Deal said, move over David Beckham, uh, Aaron Milbank scored from halfway. Um, it, he's a little bit inside uh, inside the half. So the ball, it, it, and the keeper is, has, has come to make a clearance and he hasn't made the clearance. But as Steve King has said there, what, what he's done really well is he's taken it first time and, and put it into the empty net. I think it's bounced once, maybe twice on its way in. And, and you know, so the precision of that to do that from that distance and with, you know, little time to think about it is absolutely magnificent. Good player. As he said, key player with Herne Bay got promoted, scored goals at the um, level uh, above. So, yeah, good signing for Dylan. 
again, shows what they can do to attract these players, as he mentioned, the, the players he's got. So, uh, yeah, good times with you, and, I, and I'm delighted for them. Absolutely. Well, it's been goals galore uh, in the scaffold this week, so let's run through the results, starting with Saturday. Uh, Corinthian beat Lords with 4-1. Deal over came Homestyle by the same score, as we've already heard. Uh, Irritown won a thriller 4-3 at Faversham, uh, as did Whitzler in their game at Fisher. Lidtown beat their leaders Glebe 3-1. Hollands and Blair beat Rustall 2-1. Beers did 2-1 winners at Sutton Athletic. And then 1-1 between BCD and Stansfeld. And on Tuesday night, we've heard about that 4-2 win for deal at Beersted. Uh, Tom Heaver got a hat-trick as Glebe beat Tunbridge Wells 3-2. Uh, 3-2 away wins for Stansfeld and Snodland at Holmesdown and Kennington, respectively. Uh, Lordswood and Faversham drew 0-0. Uh, it was 2-2 between Punjab United and Irithtown. Seb Rowland got a hat-trick as Wellingtown won 3-0 at Rustall. Uh, Whitstable beat Hollands and Blair 2-0 before a Wednesday night. Uh, Corinthian moved back into the top five uh, with a 3-0 win away to Sutton Athletic. 68 goals uh, in those games over the course of the week. Not too shabby, that. Uh, change of management at Homestead, well, not really a change. Andy Constable, uh, who's been there anyway, is now the sole manager with Tony Beckingham becoming director of football uh, as the club moves on. Uh, and they start in league action this weekend. There's league and cup action uh, this weekend. On Saturday in the in the league, it's deal against Rostal. Homestead at home to Wellington. Lidtown take on Sutton Athletic. Tunbridge Wells meet Punjab. And then in the uh, Kent Senior Trophy, it's the second round there. It's Croydon against Canterbury City. Irithtown against Fisher, Faversham against Lordswood, Hollands and Blair against K-Sports, Lartfield, uh, a new hire take on Corinthian, Snodland against Kennington, and Whitstall against Beerstead. And then midweek, uh, Fisher take on BCD, it's Lordswood against Beerstead, and Stansfeld against Rustall, all in the league. Uh, let's move on up then to the FA Trophy, where penalties were the order of the day for a few of our teams, including the game Matt was at, where High Town of the Eastman League South East knocked out National League South Tunbridge Angels 3-1 on spot kicks after a goalless draw. Matt spoke to both managers after that game, starting with the victorious Cannons boss, Steve Watts. I thought it was a good game, look, and we know we're up against the Tunbridge, are like a very good outfit. Jay's got a fantastic side, you know the run they're on as well, I think we've not beaten in about nine games or something like that, so you know what you're going to come up against, and look, we knew the game was going to turn out that way. Um, a lot of defending, bodies on the line, of surrendering possession in areas, and then defending right areas, so look, we spoke and we worked on things on Thursday night, and look, everything went to plan the terms of the day, and if I'm being honest, I think we could maybe win it in 90 minutes. I mean, you've got Johan's chance, and then um, Flesch's one right at the end, I think we had a better chances in the game, but obviously, look, they're a good side, and look, we're all we knew what we were up against. I just thought, to a man, I thought the boys were outstanding. I think, yeah, mentioned their bodies on the line. I thought, for everybody behind the line from the first minute, I thought you defended magnificently. Yeah, I don't think. I, well, I can't. I don't. I don't need to check the stats, but I don't think they're a shot and target in ninety minutes. You know, I think. Well, that was a plan. Look, we knew, we knew, we knew the way they want to play and how they want to move a ball and the areas they want to get into. And we just spoke about, if you like, clogging up those areas. And that's I thought we did really well. You saw when they're coming driving inside the pitch, there was bodies in the line. You get in around our box. There was just no space for him to play, and, and to, we had, we just had to smother their quality. And I thought we did that perfectly. Um, I said, "Look, we're missing two starters today: Alex Allen and Marcus Goldsmith. Are normally start, you know. So, like, we're not full strength ourselves. Only, only could name fourteen, um, sorry, four um, subs in the bench. So, yeah, we were we weren't exactly full strength. I know Dre's in the same boat. He's got a lot of injuries himself. So, um, I said, "No, I, just, I can't speak highly enough the boys in this team and 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 what they continue to do." I think this place is a bit of a fortress for. I think you said in the league you haven't lost here since Boxing Day. So, and again, it seems to be a good atmosphere. The supporters are behind you and building what you want to get into. Yeah, look, I think it's the one thing you come in here, the identity you wanted the team to be. And I wanted us to be a team that, like, a bit like where I played, if you like, an iron heart on sleeve, leave everything on the pitch. And some days we won't be good enough. Some how days... easy is it to drum into players that, right, that's how we're going to play? <laughs> well, it's, look, it's, it's, look, I think it's one of the challenging things in management is you have an identity and you want it's if you get that across to your players and they buy into it and more importantly they see success then I think it's quite easy. But if you don't see the success, I think that's when it can be difficult. But as I said, when you come in here, like we, we started off a completely different path to start of last season, trying like, playing, playing football. and it, it, We were playing well, but we weren't getting the return of points that were needed. So something had to change. You know, so I'm a manager, I can easily swallow my pride and say, right, OK, I can't, be, I can't do that. I need to change it and do this. And that's one thing we did last year. So since, I, if you like, midway through half a year, everything is clicked if you like and this year it's continued I mean you just need to look at the boys today and the boys that have came into the club Aaron Barnes who's one of the best footballers in our, in our league you know coming from Welling you know, and he is a very good footballer technically but you see him today throwing his body in the line celebrating a throw in we win you know like that, and, that, and that's the mentality I want my teams to have I want, play, I want people to come and watch games of us and know they've got a team going out there that will leave absolutely nothing on the pitch they'll come off that pitch and they've got players in there 
cramping up, got players, but you've got Jake Henbury running back and defending his own box in open play, like he's a number nine, you've got him back blocking crosses, and that's the mentality you have to have to be here, you, you have to have that, that willingness to win and not be beaten, and I think we showed up perfectly today. I think it's the furthest the club's ever got through, you're up against some big teams in the next round, What is that? it's a big achievement for you isn't it? I think it is for the club. Look, it's something I said when we came here. I wanted to, if you like, get firsts for the club. You know, obviously the last season was the furthest they've ever got the playoff final in, in step four. <laughs> obviously, I would have liked to emulate what they did years ago in the FA Cup, but I want to be. So we, we focused on this, and um, as I said, so it's it's trying to go as far as we possibly can. Um, it's look, the revenue for the club's important, uh, and there's that side of it. But it just, as I said to players before the night today, look, it's a good opportunity to go. Some of you boys think you could maybe play at this level. You know, it's a good opportunity to, to put yourselves and show you can. And I think a, few, a lot of them in there can. You know, obviously, look, we didn't have a lot of the ball today, but we chose to not have the ball today. You know, it was one of them where if I were wanting to go toe to toe with, with Jay in terms of way and the style, I think we get beat quite comfortable if I'm being honest because we end up being too open in possession so as I said we had to stick to our game plan we, players knew out there they had to sacrifice and do what they're not normally what can not normally to do and it was about when we get, we knew we'd have chances and it was about taking them when we get them the only disappointing thing I think did have enough set pieces today you know like we, like we would have liked but, um, but as I said I think we should have scored two goals I think you has to score um, obviously hits the bar and um, I think Flish is one at the end. I was told afterwards. I think it's a fantastic save from Joe because it takes a deflection, yeah. which makes it even more. But, but again, look, it's two, I think those were the two best chances in the game, and um, they felt us. It was just very much being disciplined and, and if you like, pouncing on mistakes and counter-attacking. And as I said, I think as a game plan, when uh, it went perfect. Um, would you want anybody in? the last penalty to win it Franny Collin he's had a great career you know playing in sort of in the deeper role now but you know he's rolled in penalties many a time over the last 18 or so years you know, it's like I said at the side last said you wouldn't have rather have anyone stepping up to take a penalty in that situation you wouldn't um, and even if you missed it you still wouldn't you know it's the pressure even to kick the ball away at the end I'm saying does he not realise it's Franny taking it? You know, he's got ice in his veins in this situation. You can't put him off. If he's going to miss, he's, going to, he's, going to, he's going to either going to be a wonderful save or he's miscued it because he scores nine times out of ten. So, um, yeah, like when, when Steve saved the fourth, if I'm being honest, I thought he were done. We're through because I knew who was taking the fifth penalty. Uh, so, you're doing a good job here. Your name's been linked with a Folkestone job as well. Um, as, flattered with that, I suppose? Well, it's the first I've heard of it, but... Um, yeah, look, look, I just do my job here. As I said, that's all I concentrate on doing is, is the club I'm at and I've committed to this club and this players to, to give them all. Obviously, I had an opportunity to leave last year and chose not to because I'd committed to the club. Um, and I said, I, I'll continue to do that. But as I said, I've, I've had certainly had no phone calls and it's the first I've heard of my name being, being in the heart. But I never look at any other clubs and whatever else is doing. I just concentrate on the job I've got and to do my best possible job for Hyde and I'll continue to do that. And finally, who would you like in the next round, I suppose? Get some, some big teams that are coming out in this competition next. Someone here. Yeah. You know, I think anyone at home. I've said it before, I, I fancy our chances against anyone at home. You know, and like people may talk about their pitch. I thought pitch played really well today, considering the rain, it's hard. Um, you, th you certainly didn't see Tombridge struggle to move the ball about in it. Um, but it's, it's, like you said, it is a fortress here. I think we've lost one game, which was Hamworth Villa, start of this season since Boxing Day last year here, and we haven't lost in the league here since Boxing Day. So we've created a fortress here, which we've got to continue to do. I'd love to get to the year unbeaten at home in the league, but if we don't, we don't. It's one thing we cope about here. We said like we're very comfortable being uncomfortable and very comfortable with with setbacks and it's all about how you move forward from then as you said we're already speaking in there now about Rams getting Wednesday night I said it's like this game's done I don't care what you've done tonight it doesn't matter it's Rams get next can we go there and get a result you know because that's be just a tough game as today has been so as I said we always move on to the next game and we never dwell on success if you like because it's, I think as soon as you do that as a manager and a player I think that's when standards drop and, and results do so we'll keep pushing we'll keep uh, pushing as hard as we can and see where we can go Well he said that we wanted anyone at home a chance of revenge over the side who beat them in the playoff final last season's probably as good as it gets, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, great draw, wouldn't it? For him, uh, uh, I, th I thought I was very impressed with Hyde. Um, uh, and from that interview, the one thing that came out of it was um, somebody spoke to me about um, how football clubs are key that they have an identity. Um, talking about Dover, and we'll get onto them, has got an identity at the moment, and I said probably not. But when Steve, what he brought that the identity, how he wanted to be manage his team, and they are, 
exactly like him. Very well organised at the back. I know I've lost this evening. We'll go into that in a minute. But really solid, well organised team. Everybody knows what their job is. Again, they're not going to play total football, but they're going to, again, as you know, my theory in football, if you don't concede, you don't lose. They set up that mentality against Tunbridge. Be strong, be strolling, trying it on the break. They nearly did and won it on penalties. And they, for me, they just really deserved it. I thought uh, really good. And I like Steve Watt. I think he's um, learned a lot from probably when he was a manager at Margate. He's a better manager now. He's been some ups and downs in his career. But I do believe um, he can probably go on to to manage at a higher level. And as I mentioned to him, he didn't know he'd been linked to the folks in the job, John. Only so he just maybe... listened to this show, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, disappointed <laughs> about that. But maybe, maybe I'm the only person what, not... Um, um, the position, yeah. but I'm surprised there's surely other people have put two and two together and thought he might be a good fit well I, I've written down on, on my notes actually for the script here folks the link he doesn't listen to the show is it just you um, so who knows well, I, I can't <laughs> believe it is <laughs> the people at Folkestone you know if they're, if they're doing this or listening to the pod they'll know the teams that are doing quite well or have done well um, you know I can't believe Hyde's budget is the greatest in the world. Um, you know what? You know what you can achieve by. Clearly, he knows a good player, and he's a, he's the kind of manager. Is a player. He wore his heart on the sleeve, and I and he expects the same from his own players. So, um, and I would say he's probably a manager that you, you'd like to play for. So, and, I, and I, I think I'm, as well, Matt, what, what what he has shown is that he can get players possibly who could be a level above to yeah. come and play for him, you know, and, and I think, and he looks to me like he rewards loyalty uh, in his players. And, and that's a, a, that's a great quality to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he, of course, you know, Franny Collin always be there. The players he's got, I think, yeah, I think it probably comes across that he's a, a good, a good manager to play for. So absolutely like for it. absolutely loved it down at Hyde as well. Quite tight, tight to the pitch. Really good, good fans there. It was a really good, enjoyable day on a sticky surface, proper cup type. Uh, and uh, and I was pleased for Hyde, um, Tunbridge. I, I was a bit disappointed with them, to be honest. Well, let's move on then. Disappointment for Jay Saunders, whose cup record as Angels boss shows absolutely no signs of improving. He also spoke to Matt. Wasn't a, s- a spectacle, I don't think, for the for the neutrals. I thought um, we had a lot of the ball. They they were well organised, defended well, got people behind the ball, and, and stayed in the game. Obviously, they had a chance. I think they hit the crossbar first half from a set piece. We hit the crossbar as well first half. But other than that, it was kind of. We I just thought we were toothless up front today. To be honest with you, I, I felt like I say we had a lot of possession, but we just lacked that cutting edge and um, couldn't come up with the quality to have that breakthrough which we've done lately. So you give them credit and you and. Once it goes to penalties, you, as you know, it's a lottery. How frustrating is it you probably had 70% possession, but they defended for their lives and you couldn't break them down? Yeah, but that's up to the... To, I just said to the... I felt the final third of the pitch, like, you, I, I won't take anything away from what and Hyde have defended really well, but you've got to have that bit more quality. And Shields, he had glimpses, but if you're looking at Jordan, not, not enough today. Francis, I thought, huffed and puffed, but end product wasn't there. We brought Sunny on, it wasn't. I felt losing Gardy was a big loss to us. He, he can see a pass and he, he, he's, and he's, I think he's our top goal scorer. Um, so once we lost him to a hamstring injury, it was a bit of a blow because I felt we lost that, lost that creativity there. Um, but yeah, just, just, and I thought we took that into the penalties. If you look at the penalties, they were toothless as well. So um, it took a bad day at the office then, yeah, really. Yeah, look, look we, we've had one defeat. One about nine in, in the league, league. yeah. yeah one, one defeat in nine in the league, and, we, and we've lost on penalties today. Um, oh, I can't get too down about it. I just said to the boys, we can't see, I don't want to see anyone moping. We've, we've got to pick ourselves up and we go again on Tuesday night. Um, the squad's really stretched, which, and this isn't making excuses for today, but the squad's really stretched. Like, we're constantly having to losing Jamie Fielding, so I've had to put Igo right back, and we've missed him in midfield. and we're shuffling the pack all the time, Janaida being away and, and stuff. So, but I just felt that um, you could see. I thought the squad was, was thin today, and when we needed to make changes after we made the sunny one, you're then looking and going, well, pretty much got three academy lads on the bench that are, are, are sort of defensive. So um, it's something we've got to address. Um, we lost. Is there money in the budget? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm under. It's, it's fine. We let, we let Joe Turner go, and 
Um, Charlie Pegg went back to Orient, so there's money in the budget. Um, but I just got to sign the right ones. We're on a decent run, and I don't want to take people that aren't good enough or going to improve us. So um, when the right ones, I think, are, are good for us, we'll do it. And a couple of we lost out last minute, and that happens. But um, we need to, yeah, we just need to bring one or two in because we lost we lost Gardy, and then Waggy at the end felt his calf. So if we were to lose them two, obviously we'd be in a, a lot of trouble. I suppose you know when Franny Collin, you know him better than most, setting up for the penalty. Do you knew it was game over then? I told Parky where he was going. I said, go keepers left. I knew it straight away. He played, me. He played with me for years. So, um, yeah, but he, listen, it's a good pen. I mean, they missed two. Johnny's made a great save from that point on. You need to score your next one. Shields, you don't. Shields has been different class for us since he came in. He misses the penalty. And then after that, I thought T's penalty and, and Francis. There was, look, you go for lads that want to take them and commit it, and they all put their hands up. It happens. I'm just... Um, I'll take nothing away from Hyde. They defended really well and stayed in the game. And if you do that, you've always got a chance. And look, you've been around football long enough as I have. That's, that's cut football. You come to these places, lower leagues, pitches are hard work, but we've just not showed enough quality on the day. Is that a concern? I know you, you, since you've been manager, the, the cut record's not been great. I think you've, you've won one in, uh, in full 90 minutes. Yes, yeah, no, it's poor, isn't it? But then you can look at the flip side and say we ain't done bad league-wise. So it's, um, I, I, we all want cut runs. I'm, it hurts me more than ever, because more than anyone, because I've always had cut runs. And uh, since I come here, and I said in my team talk today, all I ever get is our oh, typical tumbridge. I'm bored of that. I was like that with the league. It was like, oh, will we stay up? No, we don't. We want a challenge. And we've tried to change that. And we've got to change that mentality for a cup. And unfortunately, this year, that's not happened. And um, I, I, all I would say is every every time we've played in the cup, probably bar Haringey, we've had to make a lot of changes and uh, but I'm not, I won't take anything away hopeless it's Hive's day they've, they've like I say stayed in the game and they've scored their penalties and, and they go through and I wish them all the best uh, they drew 1-1 with Averley at midweek and I think despite their despite their cup woes and not impressing Matt Gerrard uh, on Saturday they're not really in that bad of a place at all are they? No they were just good poor noise. in the final third Jordan Greenwich could play on his day he just didn't have one of those days his, his first touch let him down um uh, they just weren't clever enough because they've got Sean Shields good on the, very good on the wing. Um, the other winger they had got he was decent, but they never got the ball in the box. It was all you know probably because I made the, didn't make the pitch wide for them and just couldn't just couldn't break them down um, on that sort of score. So um, yeah, I was disappointed. I think the fans were disappointed because they'd love a cup run as well. And I know Jade played it down a little bit, but. Um, I think he would have liked a cup run as well to get through um, in the rounds before. But losing on penalties, some absolutely dreadful penalties in there, I have to say. Um, what was the worst one? Sean Shield wasn't great. You know, you know, lovely player, lovely feet. And he sort of rolled it straight to the goalkeeper. But it was, I have to say, the first penalty save from Johnny Henley from uh, Liam Smith was a top draw penalty save. But as I said, back through that, when Freddie Collins stepped up, you know, he, He's probably scored more penalties than I've had at dinner, so uh, you knew it was going to be. But delighted for Hyde. Tunbridge have been... Tunbridge, they're probably saying, are they underachieving? We thought they might have a better season. I think they wanted to be on the cusp of the playoffs. They're still quite high in the league, but I think they'll be disappointed because I think the supporters particularly would like the cup competitions um, and they'll be disappointed they haven't done it. But, you know, Jay Saunders is a good manager. It just... A disappointing season, but it's still a long way to go. Well, is it disappointing, or is that just me being negative? I think if you if you're Tom James, you do want to have a cup run of some description. Um, and and yeah, I guess I guess there were well, expectations. Well, two points off the playoffs. They played more games than anybody else. So yeah, uh, I, th- I don't think they'll be disappointed with their league performance. And I think. You know, that we've seen with Tumbridge Angels, if they can establish themselves at this level, I think they'll be really happy with that. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, eventually, the, the longer that they stick around where they are, then then eventually things are going to come come good for them, surely. So actually, do you know what? I think a, a season of, if they did finish mid-table, finish 10th, I think they'd be happy with that because you, you have to bear in mind that they weren't even in this league, what, three years ago. So, you know. I wonder how many years they stayed in the South before. So they're probably seven? Yeah, Six or so seven, I think. We're never, we're never high, were they? They were always sort of... Um, battling. Yeah, battling, that's a good word. Yeah, battling. For, but yeah, he's a good manager, Chase. I think he's just a bit frustrated with the, with his players in, in that game that they didn't have enough now, saw quality to break down a, a resilient high side. 
Yeah. Elsewhere in the FA Trophy, Maidstone won the Kent Derby at Dartford by a goal to nil. But the Cray Twins both suffered heavy defeats. Uh, Valley PM went out 5-1 at home to Hampton and Richmond. And Wanderers lost 4-1 at Western Supermare. Old Dover lost 4-1 on spot kicks to Weymouth after a 4-4 draw in which they led 2-0 and trailed 4-2. Uh, but Welling won an epic shootout uh, 8-7 against Taunton on Tuesday night after the original tie was postponed on Saturday. Uh, the draw for the next round was originally going to be open but ended up being regionalised. And there's some home times in there. Bromley against Slough, Welling against Brackley, Hyde against Whitehawk, as we've already heard, Ebbsfleet against Bishop Stortford. And the only team on the road are Maidstone, who will travel to Barnet. Uh, there were league games for four of our National League South sides in midweek as well. Maidstone got the ball rolling and now third in the table after their 1-0 win at Chelmsford on Monday night. Uh, but Dartford lost at home to Braintree. Uh, well, as well as Tunbridge Angels' 1-1 draw with Avery Dover and Eastbourne played out a 1-1 draw. Uh, if the Maidstone game last week was bad, Matt, I can't ima- imagine that it was much better on Tuesday. Um, two poor teams again. Billy Terrell. I have to say, the Dover goalkeeper, Billy Terrell, is a on loan from Bournemouth. Fantastic goalkeeper. Um, Dover is so open at times, as were Eastbourne. Um, I don't know what's happened to your boys this season, mate. They're totally full-time. I think they've got loads of injury problems, but they weren't much better. Um, yeah, yeah. Billy Terrell saved Dover. Dover. Dover missed chances, but they don't make the goalkeeper save things. You know, um, they miss chances, but they can't get them on target. Um, luckily for Dover, when the other team gets shots on target, when Dover opened up, they've got Terrell in goal. Um, and he, if he doesn't win the player of the year, and we're in the 22nd of November, I'll be absolutely <laughs> amazed because fair play to him. He is a very good goalkeeper, very good goalkeeper. Uh, and he's keeping, you know, he's saving the last minute yesterday. Ball fell, yeah, Dover mucking around it at the back, six yards out, and he just comes out, absolutely makes a brilliant save. So uh, very good goalkeeper, uh, Billy Terrell, but I mean, draws aren't any good for Dover. But uh, I have to say, Maidstone United, the team after my own heart, John, three 1-0 wins in a week, <laughs> all scored by Levi Abadji. Um Fantastic for them. Uh, running into form nicely before their big FA Cup tie. So, uh, yeah, fair play, Maidstone United. Dartford, not so good for them either. There's murmurings, I text a Dartford fan, and he's, he's down in the dumps at the moment. And Nigel texts me in, even though Welling got through, he was down in the dumps as well. So, um, did I, you think on, the... on on Dartford quickly? Uh, yeah. We've obviously been doing this show for what seven years. This is yeah. our seventh season. This is the worst Dartford side we've seen, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, in terms in terms of results, yeah, 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 they're very inconsistent, aren't they? Um, yeah, it's Brain. You get a brain through a decent team. Again, I don't think he knows his best team. Um, and, uh, so, and, and the concern would be if you're a Dartford fan, really, this is his team compared to last year, which had a lot of the old school players and they were top of the league in February. So that would be a concern for them. And, that, and that's and they've got a big game this weekend against Torquay. So, again, you know, in this division, you win five on the spin, you'd be right up there. But consistency has been a real problem for Dartford. Lost more, ga- lost more games than they've won, which for a side like this, who normally is, always ensconced in the top five, they'll be very disappointed. So I don't know if he's under pressure, um, Dartford. Normally they're loyal to their managers, but well, have been before. They did sack Steve King after he lost to the playoffs, but Dowson might be under a little bit of pressure because, you know, constantly chopping and changing, it just doesn't work for him. And I, from the, uh, the the guy I know, I texted him about it. He said, oh, it's just the football's not very good either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Dartford always sort of, you know, Tony Berman's sides were, footballing sides as well so and they've got good players in there the Coulsons as well like to play football so I'm surprised by that but just maybe under a little bit of pressure Alan Dowson and he probably needs a, a couple of wins in front of their home faithful losing to Maystone in the trophy wouldn't have gone down particularly well so big game for him I think this weekend Yes and as Matt said that is against Torquay at home uh, Dover at home to Western Supermare uh, Maystone go to St Albans Tumbridge Angels at home to Haven or Tolouville Welling at home to Yeovil and then on Tuesday night uh, Maidstone take on Haven or Tolouville. Uh, in the National League, we built it as a big weekend for Ebbsfleet, and one point from the six on offer was not what the doctor ordered, especially with a 4 0 home loss to Oxford City on Saturday. Uh, a couple of wins would have Fleet flying up the table, 
but they must be wondering where those wins might come from. Uh, Bromley, meanwhile, sneaked past Fylde 1-0 on Saturday. Uh, but their unbeaten league run came to an end on Tuesday night in a very un-Bromley-like style, letting a two-goal lead slip as they lost 3-2 at home to Aldershot with a 114-minute winner for the shots. Uh, long trips for both of our sides this weekend. Uh, Fleet Oldham, who've just beaten Barnet 4-1, uh, and Bromley at Hartlepool. Uh, into the East Mini Premier Division, where Folkestone began life after road legend Michael Everett with a 3-1 loss at Dulwich Hamlet on Saturday under caretaker boss Andy Drury, while Margate lost 1-0 at Wingate and Finchley. Uh, Gate made it a brace of 1-0 reverses on Tuesday night as they went down at Horsham, uh, while Chatham got the better of Gate Saturday opponents with a 2-1 win. Uh, four goals over those two games, but the others in that division on Tuesday night were absolutely phenomenal. A 5-4 win, a 4-4 draw and a 4-0 home win. Uh, this weekend, Chatham are at home to Enfield. Cray Wanderers meet Dulwich Hamlet. is Folkestone against Bognor Regis and Margate host Billericay. Then midweek, Margate go to Bognor, Chatham head to Canvey. And then on Wednesday night, it's Cray Wanderers against White Talk. Uh, Ramsgate beat Hyde by three goals to one early on this evening. But I can't believe, Matt, we've got this far into this week's show. Before I mentioned the biggest win of the season so far, which was by the Rams on Saturday, as they put nine past Phoenix Sports, with Joe Taylor getting four of them as his side continued their fairy tale campaign. They won 10 in a row in the league, while also reaching the FA Cup second round. Absolutely amazing, isn't it? Um, nine runs I feel for Phoenix a little bit but yeah Ramsgate they're just a juggernaut at the moment good result against Hyde as I mentioned Hyde um, defend pretty well but you know Joe Taylor uh, we had a quiet game in the cup really against Woking I thought Woking dealt with him quite well um, you know uh, in that but um, when he comes up against some of the defences in this league I don't know how many goals he's got now probably a lot probably 20, 20 must be in the 20s by now um, a few yeah, so that's, well, yeah, it's it's looking good for Ramsgate. Um, you know, 33 goals, averaging three goals a game. Uh, yeah, great result. Yeah, feel for Phoenix and hopefully Phoenix can bounce back from that. So, uh, uh, you, 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 you know, you would have thought Ramsgate aren't going to throw this away. I know it's a long way to go, but um, with the extra finances they'll get from the cup, um, you would have thought this it will be a juggernaut for them for the rest of the season. Even though some of our other Kent sides, particularly Sittingbourne, um, and Cray Valley, of course, we've got a lot of games in hand are doing quite well. So um, good to see. Fair play to City, we're having a good season as well. Yeah, they are. And they were two good results this week as well, beating uh, three Bridges who were up there as well, 4-1 on Saturday. And then a 2-0 win at Chichester, which I understand mm-hmm. um, from social media. They had to, but they got there quite late. I think Ryan Maxwell had to name himself on the bench. They were so short of name of numbers. And to go there and get that result, you know, that things are, are certainly moving in the right direction for them. Good man. We've said well, Brian Maxwell's a good manager and Sittingbourne going in the right direction. So, yeah, a tough nut to crack. We always know they have a good start to the season. Normally they tail off around about now, but I don't think that will happen uh, under Ryan Maxwell. No, that's where on Saturday, Ashford beat Sheffield United 3-2. Uh, there's another 4-1 win, Herne Bay beating Littlehampton. Oh, Mark Dacey's first game in charge of Seven Oaks ended in a 2-2 draw against Merston. If the Belvedere were releasing a lot of players amid reports of budget cuts, drew 1-1 with Chichester on Sunday. And as well as sitting ones win on Tuesday, Crow Valley beat Merston 4-1. But Sheffield United had a night to forget as they went down 6-0 at three bridges. Uh, the big news, I suppose, in that division, though, is off the field where Ashford owner Don Crosby has announced that he plans to retire next year and is looking to sell the club. And I suppose, Matt, uh, there's an opportunity there for someone to come in and take Ashford United to the next level. Uh, one of my sources said it was um, uh, an ex-player. I won't say I'll tell you off the record. He was keen on getting involved there, not an ex-professional player get involved at um, Ashford. So uh, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Don Crosby came out and said um, he, you know, wanted to retire, move on. Um, I, I think you know some supporters. He's maybe a bit like Marmite, but at least he's come out and right wants to get the club in the right direction, going to a new owner. And from there, Ashford probably haven't been, um, you know, when I was younger, they were always in the same, you know, in the Eastman Premier Division equivalent, weren't they? So, um, get, get back to the levels. And we know that Ashford, with the the, the the amount of people who live there and where they are, I know the ground's a bit of a, out in the middle of nowhere, there's a, a lot of people moving into Ashford. So, if you could get it right, um, you could get good crowds there as well. So, there's plenty of potential there. Interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought um, when Ashford got up to this division, they could possibly kick on yeah. and really go from there. Obviously, they got to the playoff final a couple of years ago under Tommy Warrillow. But it's, it's felt to me a little bit stale at Homelands. Uh, that, that certainly last season was a bit stale and Kevin Watson's come in and they've, they've done OK. But obviously, it's been difficult for them without having the pitch ready until the end of October. 
Uh, and I just think, actually, do you know what? A, a new broom might come in there and, and, you know, someone can get involved in there because the potential is absolutely massive. But, you know, it, I think it needs possibly the right person to, to unlock it and, and get the whole town behind them because uh, I think you, you can't hit the nail on the head, Jay. He said he's quite a divisive character, um, you know, like a couple of other well-known chairmen uh, <laughs> in the in the Kent area, uh, not mentioning any names. Um, but I, I think, you know, it, if you can galvanise the town behind the team, and, and I think that's been a frustration for people that, you know, that there is that potential there, but they've never seemed to have just tapped into it. And no, I think yeah. if, that, if that can be galvanised, then, then there's no reason why Ashford can't support an Isthmian Premier Club at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. And again, they've seen what the other clubs have done in the community. Um, obviously, the only, the only difficult thing is the ground is not not the easiest to get to. But you can, if you can get that going and get people there, 3G surface will help. And I know Tom, my good friend, his, his um, girlfriend plays for Ashford United Ladies and they're quite successful as well. So you've got a bit of a foundation there uh, with the community to, to move on. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that, though. So interesting um, people say, well, as the David Chairman said, he didn't think Dover were a particular um, a club that people want to invest with. But interesting to see who takes over Ashford United. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this about Eric and Belvedere, John Dover got uh, Bailey Akehurst from them. He All played right. yesterday. So um, he really, he, on a, Dover got him put in the seven day approach. So he was at Eric and Belvedere after leaving Hastings. So there, I didn't know about the budget cuts, but they have lost a few players, didn't they? Jamie Coyle, etc. went. So. Yeah, we're expecting big things of them this season, weren't we? Yeah, I think we were expecting them to do all right, but they, they never really got. They've never really got going. Um, and I believe the chairman has said, you know, that they're in it for the long haul with Matt Longhurst, but they're going to try and do it the, 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 with, with younger players, more uh, players that they've brought in themselves, rather than uh, trying to chuck money at it. So it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. I think uh, they've scored six season. goals as well all season. <laughs> how many goals in scored? twelve games? Jeez. That's interesting. Fewer than Dover, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But for a side that was so prolific last season as well. Yeah, exactly. I think it's been yeah, it's been a tough start to the season for them. But we will keep an eye on what goes on. Uh, talking of tough starts, Beckenham on Saturday at home to East Grinstead. Uh, Ashford goes to Chichester. It's Cray Valley PM against Ramsgate. Oh, that's a tasty little game, mm-hmm. isn't it? Uh, lancing, oh, yes. it <laughs> lancing against Sittingbourne. Uh, seven Oaks go to Littlehampton. It's Phoenix against Hive. Sheffield United at home to Herne Bay uh, and Erith and Belvedere, the aforementioned, go to Three Bridges. And then on Tuesday night, it's Ashford against Cray Valley PM. Uh, Kevin Watson against his former club. Uh, Beckenham against Lansing. Phoenix Sports go to Burgess Hill and it's Sittingbourne against Hythe. And then on Wednesday night, uh, Ramsgate take on East Grinstead. Uh, I think we've been through all the divisions there. There, there was one game in Scaffold Division 1 actually that finished 4-3 as well. Um, goals. Goals, goals, goals. you just got to love them, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, David, I don't think I've David, well, I wasn't there once, I think, but David have never been involved in a 4 4 game that I've so, um, so the score they've had before. So, yeah, oh, plenty of goals, plenty of goal scorers out there. Season starting to take a little bit more shape now, John? Yeah, I'd say so. I think we're, we're starting to get towards, you know, seeing teams that have caught up. And, and you know, we mentioned them earlier, and I should really mention it again, but Ramsgate, they lost their first game of the season to seven weeks and since then they've just been an absolute juggernaut and you know they've caught up those games they just kept on winning and winning and winning and and you know so that division's shaping up nicely and the scaffold as we've already said you know anything can happen up there it's a real sizzling plate of fun i would say that division at the moment you know because you really don't know what's going to happen there with with uh with Fabersham and and, and Irith town going well deal going well corinthians still in and around there you know i think it's absolutely fantastic and and you know, we're so lucky this has been such an exciting season so far for us with our cup ex- escapades as well. You know, it's it's been absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's probably been the best season we've seen from our sides, from all across the city, across the pyramid, uh, doing great work. And it's fantastic to see. And long may that continue with, with some big games coming up in the next few weeks for a lot of our sides with the Vars, the FA Cup um, and, and the trophy as well. So uh, December, apart from the big man coming, it's going to be very exciting for our football teams as well. Absolutely. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how things will shape up over the next few weeks because it is, you know, it is, it is such an interesting time. And, you know, things can, be, things can be won and lost over this period. If you have a yeah. really bad run of form over, over the Christmas period, I mean, it's not necessarily in the schedule. The games aren't coming as thick and fast as they are in other divisions. But, you know, you look at, I suppose if you look at an Ebsfleet who are having a, a rough old time, but if they can go on a, on a good run and pick up some points at Christmas, I was looking at the league table earlier on, Matt, 
and they've just got a, you know, they're only about six points off 12. You know, it's, it's, it's so tight there, but it's just finding that, that getting that win and, and going on, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a great fact that the four teams who got promoted last season are the four in the relegation zone, which I don't, th- don't know if that's good or bad for the, um, for the National League, really, but probably shows that you need to compete you need a bit of money to compete and we know Everton have got a lot of money so um, yeah interesting times ahead um, I suppose some teams are doing as we expected some teams are doing better than we thought and some teams are doing worse than we thought so um, but it's it's a mixed bag but at a very eventful and quality enjoyable season so far for all our sides absolutely well the train I was hoping to get has just departed so um, I'm still going to stand and chat for a, a couple more minutes but what else is going on in, in, in Gerard World? Have you started watching any telly yet or have you just been uh, having a chill? No, uh, we have uh, watched Bake Off to see the um, thing. Have you watched the semi-final yet? I have watched the semi-final and I, I think the right person went. Yeah, yes. There was a cheer in our house because um, <laughs> some of them didn't particularly like that person who went out. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, I think what I know who I think will win. Um, which yeah, I'll me too. Up, um, for, for, from that, but we draw that. Back on the but, crown. Um, I will tell you what about about the three left in Bake Off, and this is not why people listen to a football podcast. I wouldn't mind any of them winning. They're all they all yeah exactly yeah 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 very good yeah. I don't again. I'm no expert on baking. I don't think they're as good as previous years, but they're probably nicer people. Can only be what's in front of you. Yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> well or not as you can for the last eighteen games. <laughs> well. Um, yeah, the the crown. So I, I've pretty much binged uh, series five. I've got through about half of that in in no time at all. Um, I've also been watching Welcome to Wrexham because I never actually caught up with. Oh that. yeah, I've I've done all that. Yeah, I, I did enjoy. I, I finally caught up with the Dover episode and then the FA Trophy episode, both of which I enjoyed uh, for entirely different reasons because the Dover one was just hilarious. Uh, and then, but also the uh, <laughs> the way of uh, the, the way they were celebrating the offside goal in the trophy final. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> season behind now. Yeah, I know. I'm going to, I'm, I've started the new season already, so I'm going to yeah, carry yeah, on. Yeah, again, it's. I don't know how much he's for the cameras, but he cut it. I quite like him, and, and you know they've come across quite well. Amazing how many they've found a lot of stories. I've said mm. this before. If they came to Dover or took over Dover, I couldn't tell any stories, but they've managed to find stories within stories about players, supporters, so. And I'll tell you what I've, I've enjoyed as well is they've not shied away from the bad things. Like well, there was the hooligan episode, wasn't there? Yeah, right? yeah. They, they, you know, they didn't shy away from it. The only thing that's annoying me is sometimes the subtitles are so wrong of what people are actually saying, aren't they? One thing it does annoy me, particularly in the second series, it jumps around a bit. Uh, and yeah. can, does, that, that does annoy me a bit. Maybe the Americans just... Yeah, really annoyed, do you know what it does that annoyed to me, me as well? Because it, they, they were like, oh, it's the start of the season. Oh, the King's coming to visit. Well, exactly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, well, not only that, but I'm pretty sure that he wasn't even the King at the start of the season no, yeah, because totally. uh, there was there was this old girl, I don't know if you remember her, she mm. was called the Queen uh, and she was around at that yeah, time. That's uh, only me just being pedantic about um, things being right in football terminology. But but that's it, though. But I, I'm the same. Like, when I, like, because of my job and stuff, when I read newspapers and when I read magazines, if I see something that's wrong, it, it ruins it for me, actually. You know? <laughs> so, Is there a lot in there papers and magazines that are wrong, then? Um, no, but I just see little bits and pieces here and there. There was I was reading a, a magazine the other day where they, they went to talk about Beth Mead and they called her Beth England. And I'm like, there is another woman called Beth England, but you've got that wrong. You meant Mead. And it's just yeah. like, and I just look at it and I think, you know, I know... So why haven't you? Why hasn't anyone checked that? Uh, and you know, we we we. Ah, oh, yeah, it just annoys me. I could talk about this. I feel four podcasts with this one, Matt. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's so tough. I've, so. I've watched. Uh, um, did you watch Squid Game when it came out before? No, no not interested. Uh, there's a, a. My daughter likes it, so there's a uh, like a game show with real people in it. So we're on to that now as well. So but apart from that, there's nothing else. Uh, no, not really. Uh, uh, only connect. I got the football question right this week, which is the only question I got right, which pleases me because my I like to think my football knowledge is good. So if I can get a football question right and only connect on the second clue, I am jumping for joy. So that that pleased me. My wife was less impressed, but I because I was wandering around saying I know the answer to this one. Like that. So. Um, are you going this weekend, Dover? I am at Dover. I was going to Dartford, but I've been pulled again. So um, uh, <laughs> I'm at Dartford against Western Supermare. Um, trying to see the 
as we said yesterday, um, as Dover haven't won at home, I could have had a child in that time since um, <laughs> another child since they last won at home in the league. So uh, from that, so. Uh, so yeah. what you're basically saying is that anyone, any Dover fan out there who got a bit excited, got a bit yeah, lucky exactly. on the last time Dover won could yeah, actually yeah, so, have right, their yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah, that could have had, yes. Yeah. So that, that made us all chuckle when we were discussing that yesterday. So eventually they've got, got a win. But um, as I mentioned before, thanks to Billy Terrell. Uh, thanks to the player of the year, Billy Terrell. They might give it to him now. I might actually tell him, there you go, Billy. It's a cup for you because he might as well give it to you now because you're far best, the best player we've got. Oh, excellent. Hopefully things will turn around. Hopefully it won't be a Western super nightmare for you uh, on <laughs> Saturday. You've used that in your journalism career, haven't you? Oh, of course I have. I'm always thinking of things like that. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's part of, part of the... I, I, uh, I will, I will the use that again, maybe if it is um, on on Saturday, if it is Dover nil Western Supermare 2, yeah, I will use that one. I'll, I'll remember, put that in the old memory bank, John. I, I hope you will credit me for that if you do yeah, exactly, use it in, yeah, your, yeah. in your commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, well, that's it then. Uh, we, I've got, I've got loads of time to wait for the train, but Matt's got to go to bed, so I'm just going to uh, wrap this one up. Uh, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Kent Only Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. And there's the group Kent Only Football Chats. We can come and get involved. Tell us what games you're at and give us your opinion on all the things that are happening across the county. Uh, we're on Threads and Instagram as well. Kent Only Podcast is where you'll find us. I'm at John Phipps eighty one. That's J O N P H I P P S eight one. And that is at Matthew underscore Gerard. But thank you to everybody for listening uh, to this week's episode, the 274th of this silly, ridiculous football show. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened to all 274 of those. <laughs> I think I may be the only one. But anyway, thank you. Uh, and thank you to Steve King for his time. And of course, to Steve White and Jay Saunders uh, for speaking to Matt after the game on Saturday. And all that remains to say is have a good weekend, everybody. And we'll speak to you next week on the Ken Onley podcast. I hope I haven't offended anybody, but calling you a knobhead if you have got your Christmas decorations. It's each to their own. It was only the guy at work. So if you have got your decorations up, well done. Nobbeds.